Hello everybody, we are back. If you, well, obviously I'm in a bit of a different location. This is at my, at my parents' house. Um, I came home for the weekend. I'm, I live, anyway, it doesn't matter. Usually I'm at my little college apartment place and it's kind of dingy and I, my room is in the basement, whatever. So here I am. And if you can see, these are the books that I've read that I should have been making all of these Carson Reed's videos about but instead like all of them are about Percy Jackson but it's okay because we are almost we're almost through it this is not like it's a bad thing I mean I like I like talking about any book so Percy Jackson just so happens to be a series of five and today we're on number four um the Battle of the Labyrinth, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Battle, the Battle of the Labyrinth. Um, and yeah, you want to know what is that I think as I was like going through the pages and like looking at the things that I had marked and thinking about the plot, I think this one was my favorite of the five. Like, yes, yeah, some parts still are kind of cheesy and we'll get into that and just like the classic Percy Jackson things are still there. But I think I like this one the best. Either this one or the last one. I'll need to like skim through those pages and see. But this one might take the cake. Um, I'm going to make this one short. Because somehow, and I think it's because there's so many things that happen in a Percy Jackson book. And yet not much that happens at the same time. It's just like there's a lot to ramble about, even though there need not be. So I might skip over some of the, like the little vignettes or branches off the main plot, but I don't know. That's it. So let's dive right in. I'm going to tell you when this was published. Oh, let's look at my bookmark first. This is a bookmark from the SMK. I don't know why all of I think all of my um, bookmarks for Percy Jackson have been just like pieces of paper from Denmark. So anyway, the SMK is a little, I think it was my favorite museum that I visited when I was in Copenhagen. Shout out all my <laughs> Copenhageners. Also shout out whoever this nicest, kindest stranger, I think your name is Rami. Like just, the nicest comments ever. I love you. I don't know who you are, but you're my favorite. So don't ever forget that. Um, so it was published in, hold on, let me double check, but I think it was 2008. It is 2008. So literally the first one was published in 2005, second, 2006, third, 2007, fourth, 2008. Like, Rick was in that writing studio writing his heart out. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a series where, or maybe is that normal? I don't know. Like I, maybe in my head, I'm like thinking of TV series where it's like, it takes them a couple of years to, to finish a final product. But Rick Riordan, I guess, has just built different, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was published in 2008, and there are um, 361 pages. So there you go. So 
this now, the last book is kind of like the ramping up event. Well, not like event, but like ramping up moment of the series. And now here we are, you know, Kronos is getting stronger. Luke has like a set plan for what he wants to do and how he wants to bring Kronos back. And now the gang, which has expanded a little bit, now there's more to the gang needs to stop him. And just like a basic surface level plot overview is Grover gets like, there's a council of all these satyrs, okay? And Grover up to this point has been like a searcher. He's been like a searcher for the god Pan. And this council of satyrs are like, hey, actually, let me, I think I literally have it marked. Oh, it is my first mark. It says, um, da, 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 Silenus, I guess, is like the main guy. He says, Master Underwood, we will give you one more chance. Grover's last name is Underwood. Grover Brighton, thank you. Silenus says, one more week. What? But sir, that's impossible. One more week, Master Underwood. And then if you cannot prove your claims, it will be time for you to pursue another career so i don't know that's also like a little side story that doesn't really make sense to me is that like this god pan has never been found but like if the satyrs who are wanting to find him don't find him fast enough they like get fired from searching i don't really know it doesn't really make sense to me a whole lot somebody knows feel free to comment i read all the comments um because there's like two of them anyway so grover is searching for this god pan and they're like you have one more week and that that right there is honestly the most percy jackson thing that just like week timeline where it's like you have one week to do this thing it's like oh the winter solstice is in one week the summer solstice is in one week we need to get this back in one week. Grover needs to find it back in one week. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like a theme here. Um, and then Annabeth is talking to Grover's girlfriend. Grover has a girlfriend who's like a tree spirit. And Annabeth is like, I'll fill you in later, Percy. So like things are never said. And there's another, let me see if I can flip open to it. It's like... Oh yeah, here it is. This is, who is she talking to? Oh, Calypso. Let me talk about Calypso too in a second after I read this. She says, a tear trickled down her cheek. What? <laughs> Let me read that again. A tear trickled down her cheek, Calypso's. What? I said treak again. A tear trickled down her cheek. <laughs> and she says, I, I promised myself I wouldn't speak of this, but I don't know if you can even see that, but I have the word always written because the little hyphen, like they never are able to finish a sentence in this series. They're never able to tell Percy the most important thing that he needs to know. Uh, it's just terrible. Um, so let's go back to the, the plot overview. Grover needs to find this god Pan. They meaning the whole gang comes across an entrance into the labyrinth. Um, 
And the labyrinth, if you don't know what the labyrinth is, this is where like the original Minotaur was and like the walls shift and like, it's kind of like a death trap, but like some people, and like there's entrances all over the world. And if you know how to use the labyrinth, then you can like get to kind of wherever you need, or you can like store stuff in there. It's just kind of like a, kind of just like a, a place. <laughs> if you, if you need to go somewhere, go into the labyrinth and it can take you wherever you want to go. Um, I was going to say almost kind of like the room of requirement, but that's not true. That's not true. I'm going to try hard not to talk about Harry Potter as I read other teen adventure books. So they go into, they see that there's an entrance inside Cap, Camp Half-Blood into the labyrinth, okay? They start putting one and one together and they're like, uh-oh, this equals two. <laughs> but they're like, Luke, Luke, the bad guy Luke, could, if he wanted to, take his like army of minions and enter through the labyrinth somewhere else and come up straight into Camp Half-Blood and we would be toast. So they're like, we need to find, I think you say his name, Dadaedalus? Hold on. It's like D-A-E-D-A-L-U-S, Daedalus. We need to find Daedalus because he's like the, the maker of the labyrinth. Oh, never mind. I won't get sidetracked right now. And they're like, we need to convince Daedalus to not help Luke. Or there's like this string where it's like, if you hold on to the string, like it will take you to wherever you need to go. Anyway, so that's like the whole basic plot overview of the story is them in the labyrinth trying to stop Luke from the invasion of Camp Half-Blood. That was pretty good. I did a pretty good job. Um... And then obviously in the labyrinth, there's things that happen. They get thrown out of the labyrinth. They, all these things. And I think him and Annabeth, this is the first book that they share a little kiss. Incredible. Um, some parts of the story didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, as is the standard at this point. Like there's one point when they come out and they're on this like ranch, okay? And the ranch has like, these underworld cows on them and the cows like the ranch has never been cleaned or whatever and there's just like poop everywhere and percy has like before sunsets you see it's like there's always like a little timeline that like is making making things more stress inducive and he has to clean up all the poop before the sundown if he wants to get what he wants from the guy no I think it's if he wants to escape with his life and um so he starts cleaning but then he finds seashells and he's throwing the seashells <laughs> he's throwing the seashells on the ranch at the poop and water comes up from the ground like sea salt water and it like is dissolving it all and taking it back down into the earth I don't know. That's that's the whole thing. I don't know. Um, I guess, like, if you have a bigger imagination and, like, that just makes sense to you, then that's what I, I'm lacking is what I've learned. 
Um, some good things though. So at the beginning, I'd say the beginning is not the most bestest. But the end half is actually pretty good. Um, they talk with Hephaestus and there's a new guy. Well, the new guy was introduced at the beginning too. Um, hold on, what's his name? Don't even tell me, please. Uh, um, there's a new guy that works on Camp Half-Blood and it's because he's a really good warrior, Quintus. And we'll talk about him in a little bit too. So there's like some cool characters that are going down and Hephaestus, I have this marked. It's actually highlighted because I liked it that much. It's, he just says daytime, daybreak. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He says daybreak is a good time for decisions. I love that, everybody write that down. Daytime is, a, daybreak is a great time for decisions. Um, okay. So then he meets Calypso. I love Calypso. And Percy is a greater man than I would have been because he gets an opportunity to just live with Calypso in, on this like island with her. I, the island is called Ojigia. I don't know. And they like share a whole chapter together where um, they're... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry people are like calling me and I'm like in the middle of something. Anyway, he has this opportunity to live with Calypso forever and she's like a really pretty, amazing, wonderful person. And he's like, I have a duty. I need to get back in there. And anyway, when he leaves, he is, she's like, plant a garden in Manhattan for me, will you? because they're like on this island and like there are so many like uh, trees and stuff. And I thought that that was actually quite tender. Not as cheesy as is per usual. Um, and then at the end, there is a huge plot twist. Everything up to this point has kind of been a spoiler, but now I'm issuing a an official spoiler alert. So cover your ears if you haven't read. But again, this is the fourth book of the series, so why are you watching if you haven't read? So, Quintus, this new guy, he's working on, on Camp Half-Blood, and he's kind of weird. Like, he's just kind of odd. That's, what, that's the vibe that Rick Riordan writes in, you know? Or that's the vibe that I got, at least. He was just kind of strange. And, um... He's, they're talking to him at the end and they figure out that this man who has been working on Camp Half-Blood, well, he disappears for a second, but then they find him again and they find out that he is Daedalus and his body is just an autom automaton, an automaton. It's a robot. And his name is Quintus because it's his fifth body. And with each body, like the body gets more realistic and stuff. Um, so anyway, that is a plot twist that I did not foresee. I'm sure if I was thinking a bit more with my brain, I would have, I would have put that together because I'm sure there were clues in there somewhere, but I just didn't. So you got me there, Rick. 
And um, let's talk about Nico for a second. Remember Nico from the last book. He's introduced to the last book. His sister dies, Bianca, remember? And so he's like, he figures out that he's a son of Hades. And he's like, I'm going to bring my sister back. And so he does everything that he can to bring her back. And she, Bianca's ghost, like, won't answer to him. But Percy is able to make contact with her and stuff. And she's like, hey, help my brother out. He is riding a bit of a struggle bus. And, like, it's a hard, it's a hard pill for him to swallow, Nico. And this whole time, too, he is talking with this ghost king named Minos. And there's this, just this part here at the end. And the Ghost King is not, not a nice guy. And at the end here, the Ghost King um, is like... Mm -mm 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 -mm. Mino says, You do not control me, young fool. All this time I've been controlling you a soul for a soul yes but it is not your sister who will return from the dead it is i as soon as i slay the inventor so that was his whole obviously you could piece that together like the thing was that he had to oh my is that he had to um trade a soul for a soul to get his sister back and anyway minos was going to use it for himself whatever but Mino says, you have no power over me. I am the Lord of the Spirits, the Ghost King. And Nico says, no, I am. And anyway, then they fight at the end. And that's actually kind of cool. Like, yeah, it's kind of cheesy. But I thought it was written kind of in a cool way. Um, here's the part that's cheesy, though. They meet Luke. And um, not they meet him, but like they meet. They encounter him. And, um, Kronos is like, okay, so Kronos is kind of using Luke's body as a host. There's another big spoiler. Um, and, um, they encounter Luke and they're like, what have you done to Luke? And Kronos is like, He's like wielding the sword and he's like backbiter. <laughs> Let me start over. Backbiter, Luke called it an appropriate name. Now that is now that it is reforged completely, it is it shall indeed bite back. Boo. Um and in the end they do come up through the entrance in um in Camp Half Blood. But Grover is there to save the day. Yeah. He is able to use, like, his um, pan spiritness and makes everybody run away. I think they call it, like, a panic or something. I don't really know. Um, and that's it. That's the, that's the whole book. So... I, I, I did glaze over a lot of points there, but you get the main idea that just so many things happen just so fast. 
But that's the main, that's the main stuff. And I think it might've been my favorite of the series. Is this still right? This thing's still on. Sorry, I just had to check. Um, and that is that on that. Also, I am wearing this new shirt. I don't know if you guys can see it. I bought it on an Instagram ad. So thought that I'd show. Do we like it or not? I kind of did. Anyway, join me next time for the last, oh my gosh. We've almost made it, you guys. We really have. The last book of the Percy Jackson series is what I will be reviewing next. And then we will be free from the chains of Greek mythology. Actually, that's a lie. Because you want to know what comes after the Percy Jackson series is... Um, I've read a book called The Song of Achilles. So there's a little, little something to look forward to. But hope you all enjoyed. Rami, have the best day ever. You're the greatest. And um, catch you back next time on Carson Reads. It's called Carson Reads because I'm Carson and I read. Um, let me know what you thought. Let me know if there's any books you're desperately wanting me to read. And I really will read them. And yeah, let's chat. I'd love to. Ciao.